Once again, to the Lucky Mojo Food and Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart of evanlionheart.com in New Jersey. In just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, and this week's a very special guest for our special Oracle Hour, Madam Nadia, bringing us the practice of reading and, and reading with Oracle cards. Together, they will take your call and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forums.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment. But first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Contraman. Miss Cat? Hi. Nice to hear your voice. Hello. Um, how are things in your world? Things are very, very busy. As you know, I'm getting ready for the virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And uh, just about around this time every year, my candle service order starts to pick up. So I've been pouring a lot more candles and setting a lot more for clients and getting ready to update my inventory. So it's been very, very busy. But um, I am so excited to have Madam Nadia on the show. I can't tell you how excited it is. Uh, just know, her that's... here. <laughs> how about Yeah. Um, so, um, well, we have um, a lot of things going on in our the rest of our world. Um, the early bird tickets um, are going on sale at the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Um, They were supposed to go on sale May 1st, but we had some technical problems. But um, they are now um, there. And um, so if you're interested in buying uh, tickets to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, um, now is the time to get those early bird tickets. They're cheaper than they would be. And there is a... um, Guarantee if you buy them early that you will get the fabulous goodie boxes um, which have the um, ingredients to use in, um, you know, making the things that are going to be made at the festival workshops. In other words, if you've never done one of our festivals, these are hands-on training. We don't just lecture you. So if it says light a candle, you'll have a candle in your box. If it says, if the the lecturer or worker says, um, I want you to roll this piece of bread into a pill and swallow it, you'll have the bread. We we bring it with us when we come, whatever it is. You'll get oils, you'll get powders, and you'll get a, a number of things like that. And so um, but we run out of those boxes. Um, last year we ran out, 
and there were many, many people who, they still bought tickets, but they never got that little goodie box. So you have to sign up early if you're going to get the goodie box. I've been working on my Patreon uh, uh, projects. I just put together boxes for my patrons who have ordered uh what I call the dimensional box. It's a priority mile box full of uh, antique ephemera. This time everyone got a, a catalog or almanac um, that offered herbs for sale and had hoodoo products in the back, such as the sixth and seventh books of Moses or uh, books on mind reading or spirit communication. And they also sell uh, love perfumes and things like that. So everyone of my patrons who's at that level will get an antique um, catalog like that. And um, then we put together some restaurant wear, some other books, some random things, some arcade fortune uh, telling cards. Everyone got something, a nice pile. And, um, and then other people just subscribe to the ephemera plus one of the books. The book this week, uh, this month rather, was um, Michelle Jackson's Bone Shells and Curios. And so we're running through all of the books that Lucky Mojo has ever published um, if you subscribe at the book rate. So some people just get the book. Some people get the book and the flat ephemera. Some get the book, the flat ephemera, and a pile of other stuff. And it's all kinds of other stuff. Everyone got a little amulet this time, a little talisman um, with a zodiac on it. Very cute with a menorah. Very neat um, from back in the 80s. And so there's all kinds of goodies that are going out. So that's what I've been doing the last few days. Also, of course, being on Hoodoo Psychics and having a uh, good time reading for people on Hoodoo Psychics and working on three books. And, of course, most of my patrons don't subscribe to the boxes. They just subscribe to the electronic files. And what I'm sending out are typeset pages for um, books that are uh, upcoming, and uh, you'll see them if you subscribe. $2 per week. Eight dollars, you get four of them in a month. That's what I'm up to. How about you, Conjure Man? Oh, busy as uh, usual. Summer is always around. When summer starts to creep up, the the love work kind of picks up. And we've mentioned this before. And this year, I said it started early, and it really did. Back in March is when I started to get an influx of love clients. So I've been doing a lot of love readings. I just finished um, yesterday a, a love reading for a, a client, a birth chart reading, looking both at theirs and their partner. So it was a little bit of synastry work, but more along the lines of what's going to happen or are we going to get married? They had been uh, planning for marriage for a little bit now. Um, they had planned for an engagement, uh, for an engagement party and, wed- and then followed up by an actual wedding last year but the pandemic happened and so they did the engagement was much more much smaller and the wedding they had to put off and they're hoping that this year they'll finally be able to do the wedding and so there was a bit of looking at their chart and then also looking at the the weather of the year going is this thing really going to happen uh, they've been partners for a long time, something like seven years, I think. Seven and a half years is the exact date. Yeah, seven and a half years. And so they were like, okay, are we finally, we, we were ready to get married, and then the world went to shit. <laughs> is that a sign? Is there, there, is, what is in our way? And so the reading actually turned out quite well, and we then followed up by electing a specific date, which I won't share because it's their special day. 
Um, but we elected a specific day for their wedding so that the wedding will be uh, fortunate and auspicious. So that was quite fun. And then at the same time, I got news. For those that have been following along um, my updates, uh, I did some work for a client a while back, back around March, I would say, end of March, um, who had not been on a date in, in ages. And we did, some, uh, we did a, some remediation work, and we did some work with talisman. Um, and she managed to go on a date, and the date was successful, but I just heard back that the date has transformed into an actual relationship. He asked uh, her to be in a long-term relationship, to be an exclusive partner, be his girlfriend, so that's very exciting news. So May has started, end of April and beginning of May has been like positive and good news around relationships, so that's been quite fun and exciting. When that stuff is going on, it just kind of, you know, it's like when you cook, you know, when you bake cookies, the whole house smells really nice. And so using the love oils and the candles and, you know, having talismans and doing these readings has made the entire house spiritually smell very nice. And that's been a kind of great beginning to the summer so far. Oh, you might well, be attacked by random strangers. Looking for love, just smelling your place, just attracted to the fumes, like, oh, my God, it's love season. you got to be careful. Put the demons out for protection, too. <laughs> oh. My neighbors so, are all um, probably feeling the great effects here. Oh. Yeah, so uh, we, we need to kind of follow our order of events, please. So um, next person is to introduce Nadia. Okay, because most people wouldn't know who she is. They just go, who is that voice? <laughs> so um, welcome to the show, Madam Nadia. Excited to Thank have you. Thank you. And um, tell us what you're up to. We all know um, who you are from air, but then there's always going to be new people listening to the show who don't know who you are. So I can introduce you by saying I've known Madam Nadia for years. You're a, a reader. You've been a co-host on this show. You read Lenormand cards, you're a hypnotherapist, and um, you have a lot of background also in African diasporic religion. So tell us what you've been up to lately. Oh, I've been up or in doing a lot of different things at the same time, and all of them are kind of coming together. So definitely continuing with my clients um, and readings, which... Interestingly enough about love, but for some reason with me, since I started doing a lot of hypnosis work, it's a lot about self-love. So through my clients, really developing new tools for, for like all of us to get better and deeper at it. So I've been doing a lot of work with that and doing a lot of work um, with actually giving hypnotherapy to people in our community and been finding some quite amazing things. I think there's a lot of commonalities between folks. Um, which are fascinating to me uh, because I'm really fascinated about how the brain works and how magic works and how intuition works and how it all comes together. So a lot of the folks that I'm seeing are people that became um, very, very intuitive because they're coming from houses and in a uh, background of trauma. And because of that trauma, they became hypervigilant and hypersensitive, which immediately put them in a criteria of really good readers. And also created a niche for them of coming into service and being a service of others. But unfortunately, mm. there's a lot of trauma that's hanging in there. 
And so I've been feeling like I am really, really getting to a place where I'm contributing to the community in a way that uh, hasn't been available before, allowing them to process their trauma and reconnect with really why they're driven to be woodworkers, you know, because really it's not about Mm -hmm. money for us. It's not about fame. It's it's about working and and servicing, giving healing and uplifting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to reconnect to things inside of you that go beyond trauma and abuse and really illuminate why you're doing that, why this is your purpose, your whole practice goes to a whole next level. And I've been seeing it with people, and it's, it's pretty amazing. So I have to say that I'm pretty proud of myself. I also finished another certification. I'm certified now by the um, um, Post-Traumatic Growth Academy, with narcissism-informed oh, wow. one. Yeah, so I am actually informed in, in trauma and narcissism, and I'm bringing it into my my practice and my readings, and it's been it's just been mind blowing. I mean, I'm I'm really feeling like I'm I'm energized and excited about where my practice is growing and where what I can do for folks. So that's what I've been up to. Uh, wow! All right. Own. Congrats. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, well, guys. It's always nice to it's always nice to check in and see what people are doing, because um, you know we we are professionals. We have uh, careers. We we check in with each other on shows like this at times like this and at the festival. But um, there's always these little trends and these little interests, you know, that people are um, – little paths that people go down. So that's neat to know what paths you're going down, Nadia. It's very nice. Um, I got some uh, chat room comment here. Um, I believe it was Doc Murphy who said that uh, taking your workshop – at the last festival, she said it really changed things for her. And uh, mm. so, Yay. yeah, yeah. Thank so you. I don't know if you're in the chat or not or can see people talking about you, but they are. <laughs> I am in the chat, but I think I, I don't know if I was talking or listening and I missed that. So let, yeah. me, let me see yeah. if I can get to it. But, yeah, thank you uh, for mentioning it. And it means yeah. a lot to me yeah. and people, you know, appreciate it. Yeah. It's lovely. Oh, uh, Shiva says you're here under the name Madam Nadia. Oh, good. Okay, great. Um, so we have a topic today on oracle cards. But right before mm-hmm. the show started, um, I realized that Nadia and I were going to butt heads on the definition <laughs> of oracle cards. I disagree with her 100%. So um, uh, we're not going to fight it out um tooth and nail we're not going to put on our boxing gloves but i'm going to i'm going to tell you what oracle cards are to me and then she's going to tell you what they are to her and then we're going to talk about some of them so in my um understanding there are car playing cards and there are oracle cards now tarot is a form of playing cards lenormand is a form of playing cards and there are many other cards that have fortunes written on them like the revelation cards the nile cards but they're playing cards that have fortunes written on them to help you read them more quickly and oracle cards are those that have no playing card component now Mm. Over the years, Mm -hmm. people have removed the playing card component from the Lenormand deck. In other words, instead of having the little inset queen of hearts or whatever, there's just, it's just not there. You just see the picture. And the same has happened with the tarot. Instead of recognizing 
the tarot as five suits in a deck of cards that have four suits plus trumps, people think of them as being images. But uh, it really is still a game, and there are games that you can play with um, tarot or tarot. Mm-hmm. And so I think of oracle cards as those that are entirely different. And I'm going to just mention uh, three decks that I pulled out. Um, one is called the Gypsy Lore Fortune Telling Cards Reveal the Future, 45 cards. And these were published in 1932, and the author is a woman named Hazel L. Faber, F-A-U-B-E-R. And the deck comes with two cards that give the directions for a particular layout, but you don't have to follow that layout. There's a querent card, a wish card, a child, trip by water, widow, surprise, beginning, and so forth. And But these cards are still numbered in suits, uh, some of them, and some of them are not. And um, there's, it's, it's kind of interesting the way they fit together. And on the sides and top of each card, there are uh, ideas about them. For instance, I'm going to just pick one called Surprise. And on the left-hand side, it says, Good news shortly from an old friend. On the right, a debt unexpectedly paid. And on the bottom, a proposal in the near future. And you read the one that connects to the other ones depending on your layout. In other words, if you're doing a layout, you follow along the uh, flow and you read the the, the meaning mm-hmm. that's adjacent. Okay, that's a very common oracle card. Another one that I love, my favorite, and I probably will read with this one today, is the Harry Ingalls fortune-telling cards. They're just called fortune-telling cards. The back of them has on it the famous uh, Robert Nelson astrological uh, elliptical image, and um, and these are um, very complex uh, fortune telling cards. I've just opened one at, at random. Wish answer is yes. In other words, you have to know what your wish is going to be. Then it uh, says you have people near you who are not true at the top. A woman is coming between you and your beloved at the bottom. Happiness from an unexpected source at the left, at the right, success in business, enterprises through hard work. And the timing is from the new moon to the full moon, and that's just shown as a a new moon and a full moon. And the lucky number is 234, and then there's also the number 9 in there, just as another number. So this is these are difficult to read because you really have to get intuitive hits off of them, but they're very productive of answers to questions. The last one I'm going to bring out that I would consider an oracle deck is Zolar, who is a man named Bruce King. Um, Zolar's astrological fortune-telling horoscope card with simple lessons in astrology. And so he has... Um, three kinds of cards. There's green ones, black ones, and red ones. The green ones are all signs of the zodiac. The red ones are all favorable planets. And the black ones are all unfavorable planets. And so you would lay out a, 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 a row or a deck or a, um, you know the whole pile, or you would write, lay out three, whatever kind of layout you're going to use. And you might get something like Scorpio, lucky number nine, denotes considerable money or the receipt of a costly gift. And on the back, it'll tell you about Scorpio, that you would do best if you act energetically, actively, or tenacious, pleasant, and positive, and devoted, and you would act 
worst, the worst thing to do with getting this card would be to be shrewd, sarcastic, stingy, pessimistic, severe, destructive, vindictive. Okay, And uh, it also will give you other things like your lucky day and your lucky gem is topaz and so forth. Um, and so these cards um, read very differently because you have to know astrology to read these cards. And uh, the unfavorable planet would be what we would consider the same as a retrograde planet. And the favorable would be a forward-moving planet. So these are three decks that are oracle decks, and I have dozens of them. And um, But that's how I perceive an oracle deck. Now, I don't usually do this long an, an intro, but I didn't want to butt heads with you, Nadia, face-to-face. So now I've said my piece. Now I'm retreating to the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So first of all, Kat, you always amaze me with the depth of your knowledge. It's just amazing, and it's always I always learn something. I come on the show for how many years, and we don't know each other for a long time, and I always learn from you, and I always learn from Ali. So that that was that was those are cool decks, and now I need to go shopping. But I'm gonna tell you what I see, why I see tarot very different from other cards, and why I see playing cards in in a different light. So for me, when I look and I teach tarot, I say, let's let's figure out what tarot is first. Does it have 78 cards in it? And then we go, yes, it's five suits, and the suits divide in a certain way. Now, when we go into cardamancy and we're going to playing cards, cardamancy, we have to say that playing cards, although we consider them in a certain way, there are different kinds of playing cards. We have the Piquet deck, 32 cards. We have what I grew up with in Russia, 36 cards. And then we have the 52 cards. So these are already different decks. If you do cardamancy with playing cards, First of all, every system has its own meanings just to go from one card amount of system to another. Let's say what my mom taught me on 32 cards, on 36 cards is not the same as what you can do with 52 cards because there is more cards and you have more meanings and that will create more permutations and, and so forth. So the system already is a little bit different. Now, in addition to that for me, if in addition to the playing card itself, there is extra information on the card, this is also a level of being categorized as classified as an oracle card. So if we say, let's take the Lenormand deck. It's a certain type of uh, an oracle for me mm. that has a playing card information in it that I would use as well, that has its own numbers on it. It's, uh, there, there is a, it's organized in a certain number that is completely its own based on Lenormand. And now let's take the Sibylla oracle, also based on playing cards, very different. That is an Italian oracle. Meanings are different much more attached to playing cards, whether Lenormand is very different. It's, you read it based on the picture, first and foremost, mm. in a very linguistic way. Uh, Sibylla is a, different, is a different system, right? So there is a whole other level, but it's still based on playing cards. Now, I also like to go, for me, this division maybe happened when I was looking into more the works of, uh, and God, I will butcher this dude's name, um, a French guy, very, very known from, uh, for his, um, was it Egyptian tarot or the Toth deck as well, but he also has his own PK deck. And this is, um, uh, let me pull up his uh, first name, Jean-Baptiste, what is it, Alite? What is his name? And backwards, we know him in the form of um, the very huge influence on how we read cards today. 
and he created the systems. He created the playing card system, and then he mm-hmm. created the tarot system. And his playing card system is quite complicated, and I actually would like to learn it. I have the cards, and I have the translations, and they are similar. They also have words around the card, like four words around the card, and, um, and the numbers, I mean, the, the regular playing card. He also introduced um, uh, ideas like the, the current card or card, card blanche into reading, and in his deck he had that, and he also used that with playing cards. So for me, in playing cards and in oracle cards, you will see much more representation of the male or the female, or two males or two females, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do, the, the sweetheart cards, but you would have, you read around them, versus in tarot, there is a, a, a bigger spread. So again, it's maybe also because I am more familiar with Eastern European type of cartomancy mm-hmm. and approach mm-hmm. to that, but this is how uh, layouts are built versus the tarot cards. So this mm. is how I look. This is how I look at uh, oracle cards. And to mention a few recent oracle cards that kind of caught my my eye, and I had to have them because they were just very very cool. Uh, by the same uh, publishing house that also published tarot cards, and um, the the uh, the house is U U S I publication. Beautiful mm-hmm. cards. And uh, one deck is called Materia Prima, a reflection on matter. And the whole, the whole oracle is based on uh, the elements in the chemistry, in the, in the chart. So you have carbon and nitrogen and aluminum and arsenic, and they all have a story and a beautiful card. And the cards are all done in black and white sort of plates, beautiful, beautiful cards. And they have a little story, and you can read with that and, and divine with that. But the, comp, the, the idea is very unique. And then they have the serpa, the hidden path of an oracle. And this is more based on Jungian concepts, which exists. Mm. Many, many decks do that. But it's also done very, very beautifully and very interestingly. Um, it would take one a while to really master them, I believe. But it's very interesting if you want to do readings for yourself and kind of have time to sit and meditate with them. They're pretty cool cards. So this is what I brought today kind of to, to show and tell as an index that I paid attention to recently. Well, that's very, All right. cool. very cool. So what about you, Ali? What oracle card decks do you use? Well, so it's fascinating that I actually don't use oracle cards too much myself, though I've... Uh, you know, um, gathered a few over the years. They're not a mainstream form of working for me. Like a, when I need to do a divination, I don't turn to oracle cards very often, which is interesting because my teacher, Mama Jay, was one of those rare people that really was into them in the hoodoo community, probably one of the mm-hmm. early ones. Most of the people that I grew up with used playing cards. In my mm-hmm. Eastern tradition, my family uses playing cards. My my grandmother is was famed for using playing cards, and quite quite notoriously, literally, if she was doing nothing else, she was using the playing cards. There's a way of using the playing cards in which you solve for yes or no answers. It looks a lot like solitaire. You're actually trying to solve a puzzle with them. And she would just do that all day long, answering yes or no questions, which is one of the reasons why she had this uh, aura as being omniscient. It's because she was literally just working with the playing cards all day. Um, and same in the, in the hoodoo tradition that I was adopted into. In Conjure, in Virginian Conjure in particular, uh, people use playing cards, just playing cards all the time. It was like one of the most common forms of reading, but not my teacher. Mama Jay was one of the few people I saw who read tarot cards 
So I learned tarot cards from her and who read oracle cards. And so I had always had an interest in oracle cards, but I never took to reading them. Um, I do have a couple decks. One is a Sufi oracle, uh, which has various verses on there with certain sort of geometric imagery. It's meant to be meditative. You kind of uh, look on there. And then I have a unique tarot deck as well. But if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Nadia got this for me, Madam Nadia. It's the Rumi Rumi tarot deck. I think that was you, right? No, I got you a different deck. I got the the Renaissance deck that is out of place. Oh, the Renaissance deck. That's right. Madam Nadia is very good. She's gotten me so many decks over the years that I'm distributing <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so I have a, a Rumi tarot deck, which I'll pull a few cards today from that, which is really interesting um, in that it has these sort of unique images on there that are supposed to be sort of Middle Eastern looking. They're, I think, done by Nigel Jackson. So they're slightly kind of a, a, a mystical orient imagery type stuff, but really quite beautiful in their colors. But they also include uh, Rumi verses at the bottom. So that when we pull a card, I'll also be reading from Rumi. And so this combines the Middle Eastern form of divination, which revolves around Rumi, with these cards. Now, I fall into this category where I see Lenormand as the bridge. So historically, this is where I think this conversation between you two is so, so cool for a nerd like myself. Because it highlights the, the history of cartomancy. Cartomancy emerges as mostly a sort of playing card, fortune-telling game. That's the big component of it. It's not ancient Egyptian mysteries of Toth. It's really just the Mamluk deck that makes its way into Europe and then kind of fuses with uh, Christian imagery, mystery images. That's where we get the hermit and whatnot. Strength, right? All of that is very classically from these morality plays in the early, modern, late medieval ages. So it has this internal logic to it. There's a game to it. And so people can learn about it without having to be initiated or having to do these, you know, intense forms of learning. We've talked about accessible forms of divination before, like bibliomancy, and cardomancy is another. Lenormand, for me, is the bridge from the playing card era to the full-on oracle. That is a deck that is not used for uh, any type of playing game, but is dedicated entirely to reading fortune. And I would say that that 17th, 18th century time period where Lenormand herself was working is really where we start to see the beginning of that shift. And then from that moment on, we're going to see an increase in these oracle decks that aren't necessarily linked to playing games, that aren't necessarily linked to fortune games that you often did, but linked entirely to uh, fortune-telling, that is the art of fortune-telling. They're used for fortune-telling and used for predicting the future, not just for games. All right, today I'm going to play solitaire with them, and tomorrow I'm going to read the cards with them. No, no, these are your special deck. And they really kind of Mm -hmm. uh, indicate a, a shift towards the intuitive. And we do see that, that oracle decks have a strong emphasis on your ability to connect to the cards, your ability to intuit meaning from them. And there's not always a set, for example, this means this. Sometimes there is, but not always. Um, but also the diversity of imagery that will emerge. I remember once I saw, and Kat, you're as the historian and, and, and expert here, you might uh, know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Same with you, Nadia. I saw an, uh, an otter oracle deck. Have you guys ever seen this? Where was, there were just certain, an, certain animals that people really, really love, and this was an, on otters. And so they would have, like, the two of otters or the, the otters oh, in nice. love. <laughs> and it was very, very cute. And kind of a very, uh, you know, 
natural imagery to it. But this was, this was the sort of, when I saw Oracle Clark, this is what I'm thinking about, the shift towards the intuitive, the shift towards the diversity of these images, um, but also the real emphasis on the Oracle itself, not necessarily the gameplay that may have existed at some historical period. So I remember there was one Oracle deck that my teacher used, the Angel Oracle deck. Um, that she loved a lot, and I never got into it, but the imagery was gorgeous. Just celestial images of various angels, um, and I knew a lot of people who were Christian who really resonated with that particular deck. It was a way of sort of doing fortune-telling without being like, oh, I'm touching the tarot, which still had a little bit of an, you know, and a little bit of a reputation among certain Christian circles. So Oracle decks mm-hmm. really kind of opened up the, the, the world and went in all these kind of fascinating and diverse directions. Well, you know, talking about this stuff in these different styles of reading, and you mentioned something about games, and I want to jump in yeah. about John Hanley. Um, mm. One of the people who doesn't receive a lot of knowledge or credit for his work in the world of fortune-telling was an American man named John Hanley who created games, and many of these games mm-hmm. were fortune-telling games. One of them was called Triplicity, for instance. Mm-hmm. He also is the person who, as far as I know, created the first marked teacup, and it was marked astrologically and with the seasons of the year in the glaze and the inside and around the outside. And he was just a very creative, inventive guy. And the rise of these, what you might call non non-playing card oracle decks Mm -hmm. um, started in the 19th century in Europe, but it really took off in America in the 20th century. And we, you know, everyone knows the Gypsy Witch and all of these others. um, And there's a bunches of them called Gypsy. Um, There's another one, Gypsy, but the Whitman Gypsy cards. I mean, there's some, Whitman was a publisher. There's so many different ones called Gypsy. But the Gypsy Witch is actually a Lenormand deck. But John Hanley produced um, games that used cards to, Mm. they were um, what I would call social amusement games. In other words, these were a bunch of of people, usually women or uh, teenage um, girls at a birthday party kind of thing, and they would do their fortunes. And so Mm -hmm. this style of Oracle card was really something that John Hanley pioneered, although he didn't live long enough to actually see it take off in the way that it did, especially during the um, post-World War One era, 1920s, and then in the Depression, when people were always looking for something simple and printing had become quite cheap and colorful, and these beautiful Art Deco sets began to come out. And I am a person who collects these types of um, cards. I find often that the interpretation and reading of them is not easy, not because they're difficult, because they're novel and they weren't well thought yeah. of. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and yeah, I look absolutely. at them and I go, yeah. couldn't I just edit this and make it a little better? Yeah. Um, so um, with Oracle cards, what you get is what you get. I mean, they're, you know, yeah. some of them yeah. are quite traditional and some of them you look at them you go I don't get that I don't agree with that card at all yeah. <laughs> you know? so so there's something about them that's uh, novel and to learn any one of these decks I would say you have to be a pretty good card reader already yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, 
So you you have to get to be able to um, become facile with them. Many of them come with directions, and then the directions are missing. Oh, and you're, the box is torn, and now you've got these cards, and you hope you have a full deck. What can you do with it? Um, mm-hmm. Go on eBay, try to collect, or on Etsy, try to collect them. But make sure you try to get the instructions because some of them will call for a grand tableau. Some of them will call for an open box, a three-card cut, a cross layout. Remember that the Celtic cross, which is so popular among the Golden Dawn-influenced tarot readers, was just one of hundreds of layouts. And you might want to get that book called Classic Tarot Spreads by, mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember their name. It's got a greenish cover. It's published by Schiffer. And maybe my darling Nagashiva will remember the name of it. It's a man's name that sounds European or Eastern European. Classic Tarot Spreads. And that um, book teaches spreads, not just for tarot, but any kind of oracle deck can be adapted Sander to Conrad? Those. Conrad with a K, right? Yes, Conrad with the edges. That's it. I know. Uh-huh. It's it on European or Eastern European. Yep, that's it. That book is absolutely essential for any card reader to have because so many people go down what I call the little white book, you know, the, the golden Red road Paul? to unlimited Celtic cross readings. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Don't do that. <laughs> um, There's more. Yeah. Zandor Conrad. Right. Mm-hmm. I knew it was Eastern European. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, classic tarot spreads, and it really should have just been called classic oracle card spreads because reading them only for tarot is not that important. These are for any kind of reading, and I cannot urge people enough to get that. Um, well, it says here from Nagashiva, a message, time to decide if we will extend the discussion panel. Nope, we're going to start reading with oracle decks. <laughs> <laughs> So Nagashiva says we have no sign-ups but three callers. So I guess Nagashiva and Evan are going to just shuffle that around, 202-440 and 714. And I'm going to ask, since Ollie doesn't usually read Oracle decks, I'm going to ask him to give the root work. And Nadia and I will showcase our Oracle decks. Is that okay? That's perfect. I love it. All right. So now we're waiting for the um for two oh two four four oh or seven one four to pop up and we're gonna get some information from four four oh is first up. Here it comes. Thank you, Shiva. <laughs> um and um uh I Patricia asked in the chat, what does that mean, no sign ups? Um what it means, I Patricia, is that to sign up for getting a reading on this show, you're supposed to go to the Lucky Mojo forum. You log in, become a member, and for every week that we have a show scheduled, we have a sign-up. People sign up and they ask a question. Then we read their question aloud, and then we recognize their area code, and we let them on and we let them talk on the show. But nobody signed up this time, partly because we weren't sure what kind of a show we were uh, going to do it. So Evan chose... Um, 440, and that's it. We'll see if 440 comes in. And Ollie says, sometimes people forget to sign up, but they still want a reading. That's right. Um, And um, so, uh, well, we can talk about more Oracle cards because it looks like we still don't have our caller. And we're waiting on that person to come in. And, oh, Evan can now introduce them. We have Mm. them. Yay. Okay. (laughs) 
Yay. <laughs> Take it away, Evan. Uh, perfect. Uh, just to be clear, are we are we going to or just going right into a read? Might as well. Yeah, we might as well go to break. That sounds good. Um, this is going to be just all oracles all the time. So just take it away. Do the break. All right. Perfect. Well, everyone, stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with your hosts Catherine Ironwood, Conjure Man, and this week's very special guest, Madam Nadia. We'll be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our client, who is calling from area code 404. Um, are you there, client? <laughs> hello? Oh, hello. hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much Hi. for uh, calling in. May I have the name that you want to be uh, identified by? Patricia. Ah, Patricia. Okay, perfect. I think you're in our chat. So um, thank you for giving us a call. And um, there's no sign of sheet to indicate this to us, but uh, have you ever had a reading with either Miss Kat Conjurman or Madam Nadia? I have. You have. Okay, perfect. All right. And would you mind giving us just a couple lines, maybe one, two, uh, or a little bit more on your um, situation so we can know how to best assist you today? Yes, um, <clears throat> regarding uh, currently now and when I relocate uh, money, I mean, uh, a job, uh, work, um, side gigs that I can do while I'm working on my uh, business, my writing business. I see. Okay, okay so, so you're, you're essentially looking oh, Sorry, go ahead, Ms. Go Kessel. ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Uh, Just to clarify for everyone, it seems that Patricia is looking for um, advice or assistance as to how to continue to make uh, multiple streams of income appear as she cultivates her writing business. Is that correct? Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Okay. Um, So I'm going to use... um, I'm going to use uh, the mm, just one, two, three. Which one am I use? I'm going to use the Harry Ingalls fortune telling cards from the 1930s, and um, I'm going to. There are very few cards in this deck. It's not a big deck. I'm going to cut the deck, and I'm going to deal three. Um, the um, the wish answer is yes. Yes, you got three wish answer yeses in a row. This is good. So um, your wish, which is to have multiple streams of of income on three cards you got three yeses you're only there's only yeses and noes and what we do is we count three yeses is a very positive yes two yeses is a, a yes okay um one yes is a no because <laughs> it's two noes and no yeses is an absolute no so you've got an absolute yes you're going to be able to do this so um the cards read us this there is some family some family issues that lead to a short sorrow, but there is also um, a uh, you've 
you have loved ones who you don't know love you. So this interesting card, it could be, and of course you're not asking about romance, but this means friends, family, there are people who want to support you that you don't know that they want to. And the next card is very interesting. You are loved by all who come in contact with you. So this is about building personal support. In other words, um, using your own personal charisma um, rather than, um, you know, trying to follow a, a regimented rule of how to earn extra money. Um, and it says you are one who stands by a person who needs you, and your personality will get you by. Use it more. Okay? And the last one on this card is um, you might suffer a loss, but always overcome your grief. So that sounds more personal and less like about the money. But these cards, two of them, and I'm going to go to the third, are emphasizing that your person that's selling yourself is going to help. Your own charisma will help. There are friends who are already interested in um, paying attention and buying what you have. Then we have an odd one. Um, wealth inherited from an unexpected quarter. So there may be an inheritance that you did not expect, um, and it would um, help you with income, but don't count on it. Um, it says, again, you've been wishing for something, and you are going to move to a new house or new career. Do not give up hope. <laughs> and the last one on this side is you may take a motor trip. That's how old these cars are. They called a car, traveling by car. You may take a motor trip, and there will be a surprise at the end. So what I'm seeing here is that as a practical um, piece of advice, these cards are telling me to tell you that um, your own blogging, your own YouTubing, uh, talking about your life experience. You write for a living. Do you write fiction or nonfiction? Right now it's a nonfiction blog post to build up my experience and visibility and credibility on my social media. Well, that's perfect. That's what these cards say. Just keep on doing that. You have people you, you you have people who will like you and there are people who will do anything for you. So then you need to talk about monetizing it, how you're going to break it off into um monetizing. All three of these cards, by the way, have the new moon and full moon, which mean um, that you are going to want to work while the full moon, while the moon goes from new to full, to increase your coins, to increase your luck. Um, and there is a, um, a a feeling here that um, just to me, just doing blogs and making yourself known, you know, maybe get a professional photo shoot. Let people know what you look like and, um, you know, look good. Um, this is going to help you. It will be your way of getting by. Now, um, that is the reading I'm doing with these cards for you, and I'm going to um, uh, turn this over to Madam Nadia, and she's going to do a reading for you with one of her sets of cards. Thank you. Oh, Madam Nadia? Oh, oh, have we lost her? Hello. There oh, there she is. is. There we go. I'm back. Okay. You guys can hear me okay? Yes. 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 Okay. Hello, Patricia, and thank you for Hi. letting me read for you. I'm, I'm going you. To, to 
show off with my new deck here, so I hope it's, it works well. So what I did is I, I actually pulled a card from um, the Materia Prima deck that I mentioned earlier, and I also cheated a little bit and brought three cards from the Lenormand, but, you know, it's, we're going to just work, work with it as well because I think it's going to be helpful. And my focus was really on what is going to help Patricia create uh, more income streams and what to do while she's, she's building up her main focus, which is writing. And the material prima cards, what I got is the um, um, actinides. So it's the actinide series, which is, encompasses the 15 metallic chemical elements with atomic numbers from 89 to 103. So, for, so from this alone, I can tell you that there is something going on here. If you want to use something chemical, uh, not chemical, if you want to use something metallic, think about the elements, think about something metallic to do with your work. Lucky numbers could be 89 and 103 and range between 81 and 103. Might mean absolutely nothing to you now, but I just want you to take a note of it because when it's going to happen, when it, you're going to see it, you're going to realize it. And maybe then you're going to call us back and you're going to say, hey, it worked. I understand what you meant. Now, this specific card is related to um, a family that is not necessarily connected. So for me, when I'm thinking about somebody who's trying to establish themselves and a family that's not, not connected, like a family that's not connected by, by blood, it would be networking. It would be putting yourself out and connecting with people that are not necessarily connected through uh, regular day-to-day -day connections to start establishing yourself. Uh, this is a rare series, and there is an element of secrecy here, but this element of secrecy is now coming into, into a light. So whatever you've been doing, kind of holding back to th on things, now are, they need to come to, to front. You really need to highlight what you want to do. You really need to focus on it. And from keeping it a secret to, to make it a, a, a sign. Um, also, if you have, there is a sense of something like an omen, ominous here. So if you sit and you meditate or pray on it and you start seeing images or things, Write it down. Even it doesn't make sense because you might be able to incorporate it even if you use it as a, a little element on your um, design of your logo on your blog, you know? Or like I told you about number 89, maybe you can create something with the number 89 and put it inside your logo and use some, something else that is going to make it special and unique and powerful and magical. Now, in addition to that, I dropped some Lenormand cards here. What I got is the scythe followed by the child and followed by the clover. So both the child and the clover has a sense of little luck, little energy, uh, beautiful energy but small, starting a project or seeing the project as a small project, little luck. And the size goes, nah, you can't do this. You have to think large. You have to think bigger. Use everything that you use now, but you, now you have to start thinking bigger and you have to start thinking how you're going to connect to other people that do that as well. This is your best way. So. I know maybe you wanted to see, like, what other things can I do in order to sustain me while I'm doing this other thing, but my message here is kind of the opposite. You really need to start making that the main, main thing in your mind, at least. I hope it makes sense. Okay. okay. Start, start um, thinking and, and building in on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Yes, and allowing yourself to be like to believe that you have that you can reach this larger scale and connecting to people that's already in the larger scale. 
because they are mm-hmm. going to give you the help that uh, that Miss Kat was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move to um, root work by Ali. So he's going to give you some ideas of how to take the information that we've given you and mm-hmm. uh, make something that you can use um, as a mm-hmm. spell or spiritual guide. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think you've gotten some fantastic readings here, and um, you're talking to people who do write quite a bit for, for their profession, both Ms. Cat, myself, and Madam Nadia. So we have some experience in this area, different fields, very different fields, but we, we know about the experience of writing and how to blend it with root work. And one of the key components of being a successful writer is to just keep at it. About I would say about 90% of writing is being able to finish what you started, actually completing that project that exists in your mind and being able to transfer it onto uh, you know, some type of Word document of some sort. So it, it takes time and it takes work. And I generally recommend people to do it daily. And so what I'm going to do is give root work that you're going to build around and that you're going to use in your daily practice. Take a dollar bill, write out on that dollar bill Psalm 23. Just write the entire psalm on one side of that dollar bill. On the other side, you're going to write your full name and your date of birth. In the center of this dollar bill, you're going to put a small lodestone grit. Not a big lodestone, just an actual lodestone grit. Very, very small. And you're going to sprinkle just a pinch of magnetic sand. You're going to put a little bit of five-finger grass so that you have skill with all five of your fingers. Cinnamon to draw in money and wealth for you. Deer's tongue to make you influential with your words. And bay leaves for success. And the magnetic sand and the lodestone grit will be attraction. You're going to fold this up very carefully, making sure to keep it all inside that dollar bill until you have a nice little packet. Take a red string and you're going to tie up this packet with three knots making it nice, beautiful, but all self-contained. Place this into the bottom of a jar, some type of mason jar. Then get yourself honey, and you're going to pour it into it. I don't want you to stick this into the honey jar. The act of pouring here is significant. So you're going to pour the honey and just kind of cascade it over this dollar bill as you pray from your heart that your words will be sweet and influential and draw people to you. You're going to fill that jar up with honey with your petition way down at the bottom being covered by it. You're going to close this jar. Every day, I want you to set aside some time to write. Maybe you can't do it every day, then do it every other day, but you want to set a regular schedule. When I wake up from 7.30 to 8.30, I'm going to write. It can be an hour long. It can be two hours long. But you want to set a specific schedule around it. This is important. This is very crucial because writing takes discipline. You've got to be able to build that in. And maybe it will just be practice writing at first. And maybe it will just be, you know, stream of thought. Maybe it will be blogging. But some form of writing, you're going to set that time. When you sit down to write every time during that particular moment, you're going to brew yourself mint. Mint tea is used in the Middle East as a way of influencing people. It's a very important tea that we use. It sweetens the breath. It also happens to be cooling in hot temperatures, uh, but it also is fantastic for influence of the breath. You're going to brew that mint tea, and then you're going to take a spoonful of that honey, and you're going to add it into the tea just a little bit, and you're going to swirl it around. 
Then you're going to close the lid on that honey jar of yours that you've just taken a spoonful out of. Take a white candle anointed with crown of success oil. Burn it on the top of that honey jar. While the light of the honey jar is going and you're sipping that magical tea of yours, that's when you're going to write. By light of the candle and by the wonderful taste of the tea, you're going to sit down and write. And you're going to repeat this every time you write, drinking your tea, lighting your candle, build it into a practice, build it into a ritual form so that every day or every other day or whatever day you select, you know, oh, this is my writing time. And what this will do is both practically build your skills while bringing in the power of root work to increase your influence make your words sweeter, more successful, more influential, and over time start to draw you in money. As you start to gain clients or allies, let's say you find a mentor or someone who's going to connect you to the world of blogging or a person who wants to be your literary agent, you're going to take their business card or their name or their photo, you're going to open up that honey jar of yours and you're going to add them right into that honey jar along with your delivery. So that jar of yours is going to contain your success. It's going to have everything on that. When you write a book, take your manuscript and place it underneath that jar. When you find that you're going to be going to a particular convention, I want you to take the logo of that convention and put it inside that jar. This jar is for you to use to influence your words and influence the people who are going to hear and read your words. That's what I see here. We have about a minute left, so let's turn this over to Madam Nadia and Ms. Kat, both of whom can give you some further suggestions or adjust what I have said here. Well, I'm going to jump in on one thing. Mint is really great. You, that's Ollie. You let your Middle Eastern roots show on that mint tea. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> uh-huh. You really did. <laughs> um, yep. If you're a, if if you're one of these, you know, slow sluggardly Mediterraneans, you just might want green or black caffeine tea. <laughs> so, and I I have a favorite for writing, and it is a brand of black tea um, that is from Ceylon and it's mixed with cloves which are good against the evil eye and with oranges which are uh, in the rue family and therefore protective and it's called constant comment tea and constant Mm. comment I use when writing because of the name constant comment it allows you to write (laughs) wow Uh, but that's that a great too. working. What about what about you, Nadia? Do you have any comments to add? I I just want to sit now and drink uh, mint tea. That's all I want to do. That that is my <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, here comes our beloved bumper music that we missed last time, and um, and now we can have the um, next little. You know, Evanness. That is correct. And I do apologize. I had my. There we go. Okay. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurant. And this week's special guest, Madam Nadia, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down home conjure remedies and remediation. Calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen into the show online through Block Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 
818-394-8535. And if you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you'll be available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code. And if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Evan Leinhart, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our second client, who is calling from 202, and I believe this is Washington, D.C. Are you there, 202? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hello? 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 Hi. <laughs> I can hear you Hi. now. Thank you so much. I'm hey. so shocked that that in. Uh, well, I'm happy that you called it. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, what, what's the name that you'd like to be known by? Oh, N- Natalie. Natalie? Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for giving us a call, Natalie. Um, I do believe that um, you weren't able to fill out a questionnaire, but have you had a reading with either Miss Kat, Conjurman, or Madam Nadia? Conjurman years ago on a different subject. Very cool. Okay. Thank you so much for clarifying. Um, Would you like to give us a brief synopsis of your situation, just a couple sentences so our uh, guests know what you'd like to uh, have help with? Okay. In the last six months, my life has just gone topsy-turvy. My man has died. My aunt has died. I lost my car, (laughs) my job. Everything has oh, just gone oh, wrong, dear. and my job is just, like, too dangerous to get back into. My unemployment has stopped. Everything, my whole life has just gone upside down, and I'd like to know what you guys see about what I can do to reverse the situation. It, it's so bad, even my man's family has stepped in and tried to keep me from getting any benefits when I took care of him up until his death. Oh, my. Oh, no. All right. Yeah. Well, well, we'll do a reading on that um, for you. May I ask what sign of the zodiac you are? Capricorn. Oh, yes. Mm. It's going to get better. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, the Capricorns were suffering with this for two years, all, every Capricorn, for a while it sounded like everybody who ever called in to our show was a Capricorn in trouble. But um, this is, you know, this is going to be better because it's moved on. It's a big junkie, a slow planet clump has moved on. All right, well, I'm going to do the reading first, and then Nadia will. I'm This time, because this is the Oracle Hour, I've picked another deck. And this is the um, Gypsy Lore fortune-telling cards by Hazel L. Fauber from 1932. And again, I'm going to pull three cards and see what I get. Okay, so card number one is called Gossip. And this is a difficult card because it says that people are talking about you behind your back. Um Card number two is called Legacy, and I'm sure this will have to do with um, the death of your man. And card number three is called Beginning. So let's take a look at these cards in depth. The Gossip card says, You have people near you who are not true to you. Unpleasant events will be but temporary. And the third thing is, Do not talk too much. Listen. Mm. And the picture shows two old women gossiping. So 
you need to listen to some of what's being said because they're going to reveal what they're really thinking. Um, if you speak, you won't hear. I'm not saying that you have to sneak around behind people to listen, but pay attention because some people you'll find are not true and faithful to you. The next card is called Legacy. It shows a man with a suit and glasses reading a will, and there are three people uh, sitting on chairs looking. One looks down, dejected. One looks sort of worried, and the other one looks up kind of hopefully. Legacy. Communication about money matters, documents, papers, and possibly a will, and a legal tangle will be unraveled. So this means, do you have a lawyer? I'm just going to ask because there's a lawyer on this card. Yes, but we're, we're good. real good friends, but he's even mad at me. My, he, everything you said was totally correct. All right, well, we've got to get your lawyer back on your side or you need a new lawyer because this card shows a lawyer and it shows materials having to do with um, a legacy or will, benefits or whatever it may be. And um, you part of the problem is you have been talked about behind your back by some people. The third card is called Beginning, and it shows a child setting up um, blocks that say, you know, A, B, C, D, E. It's like a child learning the alphabet. And it says, a great change will come for the better. New admirer in the near future. And the third one is, a new undertaking will be successful. So this tells me that what I was understanding astrologically, just from knowing you were a Capricorn, is that things are going to be improving You've hit bottom. It's not going to stay this way. There will be a new beginning. There will be um, new friends, new admirers, and a change for the better, and a new undertaking. That can mean a new job. So don't give up, but you do need a lawyer. That's right in the middle of these cards. And to me, that's a very important um, thing to note, is that um, there may be speak people um, speaking behind you that do not mean you well. And in the card, they are shown as women. They're going to be trying to, um, I would guess, you know, uh, protect their interest, the family's interest. There are several people involved in this legacy, and that doesn't mean you're going to get everything or nothing, but you're going to be one of the parties who gets something. So, Make sure that you take a spirit of compromise in there. I think that that you're going to be turning the corner soon. And within three months, because I've used three cards, we're going to see a change for the better. And that is my reading for you. And um, Madam Nadia will then do a second reading for you. And then stay on the line because Contraman will give you some root work advice of something you can do to get through this legal problem and also the unemployment and the car and everything will be all worked out and you'll have a new beginning. Okay, so now I'll turn this over to Madam Nadia. Thank you. Um, my dear, I actually ran to my um, place where I put all of my cards and I brought another Oracle card because I felt like it needs some, we need some brightness and some energy. So I pulled the universe has your back and it has a message. And the message is my energy creates my reality. What I focus on is what I will manifest. So mm -hmm. it's very crucial that right now when everything seems like everything is falling apart, 
that you focus on what needs to happen and, and you stay and you just work through it and don't give up. Like Kat said, contact your friend, the lawyer, you will need it. You will pull through it, but it's very important that right now when everything seems to fall apart, not to lose that hope, to be really on top of it, and it's very important. Now, I went to my other deck that I brought, um, that I read actually just before was the Materia Prima, and I got Chromium, and the number is 24, and I'm going to read about it. It's a robust and colorful character, all polish and pinache with a hint of splashy about her. Fiery passion is also on view with this richly hued beauty. So to me, it says that people who are talking about you that Kat just mentioned, they think that you have what you're asking for. They think that you're making a show out of your grief, and they think that you don't deserve it. And even while your partner was with you, they were talking behind your back. But because he was alive, they couldn't say what they were saying. Now you need to understand that you don't have the same position as you had before. Don't expect them to react the way they should be reacting or the way it's appropriate because they had an opinion, they made an opinion about you. And it says also here that uh, those caught in the, uh, those caught are trapped by this kaleidoscopic entity worshiping her with vulgar and possessive eyes. It's jealousy. Jealousy and talking behind your back. Now, looking, what do, you, what do you need to do about it? I pulled some Lenormand cards as well. So I got the first card that I got that's very important here is uh, card number 27. And we see here a written letter, message or document. You have some documents that you need to unearth. You need to find them. You need to give it to your lawyer. It needs to happen very, very shortly. It's very important. This document can make a big difference in your situation. There is uh, the Cavalier. This is going to be in a matter of days. It needs to happen in person. Again, it's very interesting because I also got, again, and I think Kat got the child. Mm-hmm. So in this sense, there is, it's very important here in, in a different way that, for instance, the different that the previous reader was because now this indicates whatever is happening needs to happen here in a short amount of time. Short amount of time. And the last card that I pulled out is the moon. We're talking about the first, the Materia Prima card talk about solar deity. This is the moon card. First of all, the moon is a beautiful card of career. This is a beautiful card of receiving what you want. It's the silver lining and it's finishing your reading. This is a matter that's going to be resolved. If you don't give up and you don't fall apart now and you pull through, you're already 90%. Give it, some, give it some more energy and people will start coming together. Just change your perspective. Understand that whoever you consider to be your friend or you think that they should be acting nicely or this is how kind and human people should be, just erase that. As long as you think that, you cannot strategize properly. The minute you throw it uh, out the window, you see the situation as it is. Work with your friend, the lawyer. Give him what he needs in terms of documents and it's going to be all right. And I'm going to let Ali... Um, suggest root work. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you. Thank you. Again, accurate. You've uh, uh. you've received some fantastic readings here, um, and and uh, the good news is that they all offer some element of hope. But there is 
there is a, a light at the end of this tunnel. So the root work I'm going to give you is going to be a based off of what was seen here. It's going to be a long-term root work directed at really turning events around. And so what I want you to do is actually set up a small space or altar that you can work with. Get yourself the images of the Wheel of Fortune, Justice, and the Empress from the tarot deck. You can print these out online. You can get an actual tarot deck and pull these cards out. You can also get the Hoodoo Jukebox, which has all these sort of images that you'll need in these various workings. You can put, get all of that. Set it up so that these three images are in the back of your altar. You can prop them up against a book, prop them up against some type of stand, but you want them to be actually propped up. So from left to right, you want Wheel of Fortune, Justice in the middle, and then the Empress. You're going to get three candle holders, and you're going to put them in front of these images. You're going to put it a little bit, you know, in front. Give it some space so you're not, when the candles burn down, they don't burn the cards. But they're going to be set up there. In front of the Wheel of Fortune, you're going to get an orange candle that you will anoint with Van Van oil to turn things around and to turn your fate, and you're going to set it in that candle holder. In the front of the Justice card, you're going to get the purple candle with court case. Uh, oil. You're going to anoint it, and you're going to place it there. Some people use brown, but in this case, we want to use purple to bring in that element of, of success here. So you're going to use purple, court cake oil, and you're going to set it there. In front of the empress, you're going to get a green candle that you've anointed with money drawn, and you're going to set it there so that you have three candles in a row set up. Then in front of these candles, a little ways off and in the center, you're going to put another candle holder so that the candles create an upside-down triangle. In this one, you're going to put a white candle with victory oil, and you're going to place it in that candle holder. So now you've got an upside-down triangle of candles being watched over by these three tarot cards. And you are going to start by lighting the candles from left to right and then the bottom candle. So you're going to light the orange candle for Van Van to turn your luck around. You're going to light the purple candle with court case in order to bring you success in all legal matters and the green candle to draw you money. Then finally the victory. So you're actually building a sort of story here. Your luck is going to turn around. You're going to be successful in your court case. You're going to get the money that you need and you're going to triumph over all your difficulties. In the center of this triangle, I want you to set a John the Conqueror root, a Queen Elizabeth root, and a Master root. I want you to get small ones, not big, massive ones, but small ones because you're going to put this into a mojo bag. You're going to take each one of these roots and anoint them with the oils that uh, you've been using. So Van Van, Court Case, Money Drawing, and Victory. And as you do this, by light of the candles, I want you to recite Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is used for victory to defeat your enemies, but also gives glad thanks to the Lord for coming through. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that had made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. You're going to recite this, and you're going to keep reciting this as you anoint these different er, er, roots. You're going to let the candles burn down. 
Repeat this process over three days. Today, do the same thing. Light your candles. Let them, as they're burning, anoint your uh, roots. Recite this psalm. Let the candles burn down. On the last day, once you have lit your candles, you're going to take each one of these roots and place them into a flannel bag, one by one, as you continue to recite Psalm 100. Blow your prayer into this uh, flannel bag, knot it three times, and you now have your powerful victory mojo bag. In the center where the roots were, I want you to place a small incense holder, some type of heat-proof dish, light some charcoal, and burn some bay leaves on it. Smoke the fan flannel bag, the mojo bag, in that smoke. Let all the candles burn down. Keep this mojo bag on you. Wear it. Once a week, I want you to feed this thing a little bit of whiskey and a little bit of victory oil. Keep it on your person. You will also, once a week, after you've done the three days in a row, once a week, you will continue to light these candles. You'll keep this altar going with the incense in the middle, the three candles on the back, the one in the front, and an upside-down triangle. You're going to keep doing this until you achieve victory in what you hope. When you have to deal with the documents, like Madame Nadia said, you will place those documents under that incense holder and surrounded by this upside-down triangle so that you have the uh, three triangles in the back uh, or the three candles in the back and the one in the front. So any type of document you have should also be placed under here. Any type of work that you, need to, that you need to bring this power to bear, you can place under that incense holder. Keep this altar going. Light these candles once a week. Feed that mojo bag once a week. Keep those prayers going, and this will turn things around for you. Bring you victory in that which you seek. Bring you money. Bring you success, and help you to overcome the difficulties that are before you. I'm going to uh, turn this over to uh, Miss Cat and Madam Nadia to see if they have anything further to add. But uh, Nagashiva has asked, "What was the third root? Master root is the third root." All right, turn this over wow. to our colleagues. Wow, and and a big shout out to Cousin Joshua for trying to keep up with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> he he got it all in there. Thank you, Cousin Joshua. That was amazing, amazing work. There's really, um, yeah, people are in the chat are going, bravo, bravo. You just like you just ran a big sprint and just broke through the tape there at the end. <laughs> Um, Now, I hope Patricia realizes that was $250 of root work in, you know, four minutes. (laughs) Wow. It's a great, great work. (laughs) That was amazing. Amazing. I cannot add anything to that because that was just well done. Um, uh, Go back, listen to the show again, listen slowly. Stop in between and um, and savor what was given to you there. We all agree that things are going to be needing a lawyer. And um, uh, that justice card that um, Ali mentioned is uh, good for that. If you have your lawyer's name, I'd write their name on a piece of paper and maybe put that at the center of that triangle, too. You need help. All right. Um, that was great. Now we are going to go to our um, electronic selection of tunes from outer space.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Madam Nadia of madamnadia.com. Take it away. <laughs> okay, okay. So today I'm sharing. Um, a spell that can be done with most oracle cards, and really what you need to have on this oracle card cards is something that's going to represent the sweetheart cards. Usually it's male and female, or most modern cards um, like Lenormand decks will have an additional male and female, and so it's very easy because you can have two female cards or two male cards. And also what's cool about that is that they usually look in different directions, so you can have uh, for instance, the guy and the girl looking and the guy is on the right and the girl is on the left and vice versa, you're going to have the girl on, on, on the left and the guy on the right. Why is it important? Because if we want to create a spell, the spell is going to be like, imagine it like a line flowing between those two people. It's a relational spell. We want to create or change the flow of energy in the relationship between those two sweethearts. So where is the energy flowing? Let's say that um, the guy is really interested, but the girl is starting to change her mind. So you would like to see the things that you're putting, the card that you're putting between the, the guy and the girl, that the energy, let's say, is coming from her. You want to increase her love. Let's say it's Lenormand. We're going to put the, the, the heart card. Increase her commitment. We're going to put a different card between them. We're going to put the ring card, for instance. Now, this is something really, really cool to remember because you don't need to have much things. You can have just your deck of cards to create a very, very, very quick spell. Now, for this, you need three cards. The middle card, you can always add more cards because in Lenormand, as well as other many Oracle cards, you would literally read it one after the other, right? This one, the next one, the next one, this is your sentence. So let's say you want commitment. You want sexual energy, and you want uh, love. So you, now you have the ring, you have the heart, and you have uh, flowers in there. You, your sentence grew, your energy grew, it's all there together. Now what I like to do is to close this alignment with two cards, one on the bottom and one on the top. On the top is a card that is a blessing from heaven. In Lenormand cards, you have the sun, the moon, or the stars as celestial cards. All three of them have positive connotations. So let's say I saw in, in a different deck or a different reading for a previous client that something celestial and sun energy should be there. So I already can say let's put the sun card on the top and bless this with celestial energy. Now, what is it going to be the root of it? Lenormand has a few cards that can, be just, that can just be there on the bottom. That's always going to work. We have the tree. Tree represents deep roots. Or we have the lilies. Lilies also represent roots, but a different kind of roots, family roots. So if, maybe you have a place root. Maybe you're rooted in a place. Maybe you want to be more rooted in the family. Maybe you want to turn this relationship into a marriage. 
And this, by the way, when I say relationship, doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. Maybe you're trying to figure out a better way to communicate with your coworker, right? So, so, so you put yourself and your coworker, maybe you put the key cards to open this up, to have open communication, to have understanding. Maybe you want to be seen more by a specific person. Let's say you're going to an interview and you already know that you're going to be interviewed by a person. Cool thing that you're going to do with Oracle cards is you can take the men card. Let's say you're going to be interviewed by a man or a woman card, and you're going to look into that almost like you blessed doll babies. You're going to look into it and you're going to say, you're going to represent Joe Schmo, right? And you, this card is going to represent Nadia. Madam Nadia. Madam Nadia is going to talk to Joe Schmo in an interview, and this interview is going to be amazing. I'm going to put the key there. I'm going to put the book there. All of my documents are going to be all right, right? I'm going to look great, and I'm going to put the stars above because I'm going to be shining with my stars. All the opportunities are going to be open to me, and I'm going to put the lilies down. He's really, really going to like me. So my, spell of, uh, my, my deck of spells is always with me. I always have at least one deck on me. And if I need something real, real quick, I can do that. If I want something more elaborate, I can put more cards. And then I can take a beautiful tray, put it over it, put some candles on top. You know what? I can even put some mint and maybe some Earl Grey and make myself a really nice tea and sip tea and think about the amazing interview I'm going to have. Here we go. Wow. You mentioned two cards underneath. Oh, it's the tree Mm -hmm. or the lily? Was that the other one? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I just yes. didn't catch the word lily. Thank you. And you're talking yes. about putting a metal tray now on top of them and then um yes. and then candles on that. Anything and, um, Well, ahead. I'm going to give a I'm going to give a suggestion here because I've taught a lot of candle um workshops. Um folks, if you're going to put a tray, don't be using a ceramic tray and setting candles directly on it. It may crack the ceramic, but you can use a ceramic tray um, if you put sand or salt, it'll mm-hmm. dissipate the heat. And also you can use a metal tray or even the kind of um, low-baking dish. They come in enamel and stainless steel. Um, you know, for baking a, a little low-flat sheet cake, sheet cake pan will work. Put salt or clean aquarium sand in it and set your candles on that. I also think that because of the way that she... Uh, laid out the cards, and and uh, you would you'd want at least two candles, one for the person and the other person, but you might also mm-hmm. want a candle for above and a candle for below, and maybe one candle for the middle, and that would mm-hmm. give you a five spot pattern. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. even that, take it and make. If you want to move it a little bit, they can be it can even be a, a moving spell. Let's say you mm-hmm. want to move them a little bit, so you're sipping your tea, and you can do it. You know, you can move it a little bit. And I also like immediate spells. You know my Gemini self. I like things to happen fast. <laughs> and this mm-hmm. could be, sometimes you use, and I think the last, last year, Hoodoo Heritage, uh, we got candles, um, birthday candles in the box. Those are wonderful for, for things like that. Because if you want something mm-hmm. immediate, you're like, oh, my God, I need to make a phone call and I need to, to, to be in my favor and it's happening in 20 minutes. I don't have time to burn a seven-day candle. What do you do? You mm-hmm. pull out those birthday candles. You light them on a the little something. You use a small little bag. Even, like, it's even easier to carry it in your purse, but, you know, for immediacy. And those work so, so well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I'm going to say something too, just from my own background. Birthday candles are are really easy to use, and another kind of size of candle that I like for their look is called Hanukkah candles, and they mm-hmm. are made for a Jewish festival called Hanukkah, and they come in assorted colors in every box, and they're thin little mm-hmm. candles, yep. and they they burn very nicely, and they're made of good quality wax, and just try them sometimes. Hanukkah candles. And you can pick yep. the colors based on what you want to be doing. Very cool. I love it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Madam Nadia. That was an unusual spell. Never thought of it before, and I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I love it. Um, I really yay. love it. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, we got some good people here with some good ideas. Um, <laughs> all right. We're going to turn this over to Evan. He's going to read our outro. And then we're going to come back and talk about the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Get your tickets. I hope people are buying tickets right now. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, Ms. Kat and Conjaman. And thank you, Madam Nadia, for being our guest this week. Join us next week when our special guest will be Ramona Scott of Ramona Speaks the Other Truth in Houston, Texas, on Affirmation and Prayer. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour was brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Ms. Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from evanlionheart.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Evan. And, um, folks, I'm so glad that these Oracle Hours are getting through to folks. Now, um, I hope everybody goes out and buys their tickets for the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It will be September 11th and 12th this year. There will be 10 workshops. Go to hoodooheritagefestival.com, and uh, you can buy your tickets there. They are on sale. You can read all about the different workshops. Also at AIR, we have a page on the Hoodoo Heritage Festival if you hang out at readersandrootworkers.com. Just just use your search function there and just type in Hoodoo Heritage Festival or scroll all the way to the bottom of the page and there's a picture of our church and just click that link. Um, We're going to have 10 wonderful workshops and we hope you all come out for that. All right, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.